We will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned to him and entered his house. And then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now, before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, and all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came out to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them through the doorway and shut the door behind him. And he said, please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they've come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. And they said, this one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we'll deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. They became weary trying to find the door. Amen. I want to talk about the wickedness of Sodom. And the demise of Lot, part one. Family, what God said about Sodom and Gomorrah in chapter 18 was true. The people of this city were corrupt and they were evil to the core. There was no way God could any longer look the other way when it came to their wickedness. And as a result, chapter 19 follows chapter 18. When God sent these angels to visit this place, it was time to destroy it. And they, the angels, were on a mission to find if there was just one righteous person in the city. Abraham, in an attempt, in chapter 18, if you'll read that, in an attempt to save his nephew Lot, asked God if he would spare the city, if he could just find one person in there who was righteous. And there are three warnings and three lessons within this text today that I think we can learn from and follow. Number one, for the Christian, we can learn there's a danger and flirting with sin. Number two, we can learn that there are consequences for dwelling among the wicked. And then number three, I think we can learn that there is an internal spiritual conflict when the believer practices sin. Can I say that again? 
there is an internal spiritual conflict that happens when the believer practices sin. I'm not talking about slipping and making a mistake. I'm talking about having a willful attitude about disobeying God and calling yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. There's an internal conflict there. If there isn't an internal conflict, it's because you're not born again. If you are born again of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will not just let you practice disobeying him. He will grieve you because he is holy and he cannot stand sin. Are you in here with me? For the sake of our exegetical journey today, I want to identify three landmarks in the text that I think will be interesting for you and your learning. Number one, I want to talk about Lot's position in Sodom. Lot's position in Sodom. Number two, I want to talk about Lot's problem in Sodom. Lot's problem in Sodom. And then I'm going to close by dealing with Lot's protection in Sodom. Do you got that? Let's open verses 1 through 3. Keep your Bibles open with me so you can journey with me. I don't want you to sleep today. I want you to study, okay? The text says, now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. And when Lot saw them, he rose, quickly got up, and went to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. When we arrive at this text, family, the first thing we see is we see the city of Sodom is settling down for the evening. Not only is it settling down, but the angels choose to come at nighttime. Some writers and thinkers on this passage say Sodom was like a normal city in the daytime. But at nighttime, that's when wickedness was at an all-time high. And when God shows up to do business with his wrath, he doesn't come when everything is okay. He comes when wickedness is at an all-time high. And that's why I'm concerned for my country today. In fact, I'm rather sick to my stomach because it's nighttime in America. Am I making sense here? When they come at evening time, it's not quite dark yet. It's still daytime. The city is closing down. The movers and shakers of the communities are about to leave their posts for the day. When these two unexpecting men who are angels arrive into the town. Now notice this. They're divine creatures who have the ability to take human form. Y'all catch that? This is not new. It happens all throughout the Bible. Hebrews tells us be careful because sometimes you can be entertaining angels unaware. Am I talking to you? 
They show up at evening time in the form of men, and they arrive into the town, and they come to the gate of the city. Now, this picture arrests me because Abraham's nephew, Lot, is what we call an elder among the sodomites. He has a position and power in the city. He shouldn't, but he does. And Lot has been in Sodom so long that he's begun to establish himself as a businessman in the city. Stay with me, family. I'm trying to go somewhere. When you see him sitting in the gate of the elders as a ruler in the city, he's there doing business and holding an office among them. The gates of the ancient cities were generally places where business took place. Some say that the seats in the city were along the arch entrance and the meetings that would govern the behavior of a town took place at the gates of the city. Can I say some more? The gates of the city were the place where the people assembled for social interaction, for judgment, for transactions, for public business. Either way, according to the text, it shows that Lot was one who was involved as a residential leader in a wicked town. He had made himself a resident of a dark place like Sodom. And so every visitor that came to this wicked place had to come through the gate of Sodom. Y'all in here? And the men and elders of the city had the first opportunity to offer them something and or to pass judgment on them. So, so this was a place of transactions, a place of deal-making, a place of inspection, a place of mischief for Sodom. And Lot, as a follower of Yahweh, finds himself in the seat of the wicked and the seat of the scornful, doing business with those who are enemies with God. When you look at Lot's position, notice what he does. The text says when he sees these angels, he doesn't know they're angels. He thinks they're men. He bows in the traditional Middle Eastern culture way as a greeting. Watch this. And he does not know that there are angels, but he must assume that they are men of honor and prominence. And perhaps he thinks they are just businessmen on a journey. People who are looking for an opportunity to invest in the sodomite culture. So Lot, as a business person, engages them. The Bible says that he invites them. You see that right there? Into his house to entertain them. This was also a form of business in that ancient culture. And it was an opportunity to engage in trade and commerce. Let me give you the application now. For the sake of our text, 
Lot represents the child of God who is dwelling in sin. He represents the child of God who is living in and among and enjoying it. It's how he's making his living. He is the picture of how comfortable a believer can get when they are living in rebellion against God. See, Lot knows Jehovah, but he has chosen to live among the ungodly people of Sodom. He's become comfortable with the lifestyle, at ease with the culture, submerged in the darkness, and a total and is at total comfort with all that's wrong. Can I say some more? For your application's sake, sin in the life of the carnal believer can become a place where you no longer are really affected by the effects of wickedness. It don't even bother you that the Supreme Court said what they said. You find yourself being a champion of the Rainbow Coalition. You're not bothered when babies are killed in the womb. You're not bothered when somebody storms into a church and kills nine innocent people. You're not bothered with all of the sin and the corruption that permeates the airways. You're not grieved. You don't cry. You don't pray. You don't read your Bible. It don't stimulate you. It don't stir you. In fact, you ain't even moved that I'm preaching about Sodom. I found out something, y'all, in my little 51 years of living. Sin will make you stay longer in a place than you want to stay. And it'll make you pay more than you want to pay. Sin have a way of rocking your consciousness to sleep. So you ain't even bothered by your activities. Can I get back to my text? Verse number two said that Lot said to them, here now, my lords. Please turn in to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. And then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said to him, no, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast. And he baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now, here we see that Lot is an aggressive man. What do you mean, Pastor? He he has resources, and he has persuasion, and he has the ability to maneuver in the marketplace. He's the first one they see because he's got power and position at the gate. He ain't taking no for an answer. Are you with me? Not only that, but he has something to offer them. He's got a home, and he's not wavering in his offering. Now, being a man of business and wanting to impress the guests, he extended hospitality to them, trying to win them over for his own business purposes. You say, Pastor, how are you getting that? Well, you got to go back to Genesis 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 and see Lot was wealthy. 
He was already rich when he came to Sodom. And when he chose to go there, he chose it because of the plain of the valley. He had servants. He had cattle. He had um, donkeys. He was loaded with wealth. So he didn't come to Sodom and get rich. He was already rich. But the fact that you see him in the ancient Eastern, Middle Eastern culture sitting at the gate, he probably tripled his money when he got to Vegas. Y'all in here now? Lot does not recognize that these are servants of God. These are angels. And he was, he was not trying to protect them when they came to the city. He's trying to profit from them. In other words, this wasn't about salvation. This was about money for Lot. Can I say some more? I like this. He didn't know who they were, but they knew who he was. Isn't that something? They know he's Abraham's nephew, and they've come for him on behalf of Yahweh. And notice, they first declined to stay with him. And he persists that they stay with him. Notice what they say to him. No, nah, we ain't going to stay with you, but we're going to stay all night in the square. Where the wickedness is is where God has sent us to be. Without even giving Lot the whole detail, they've already exposed the heart of God. God is coming at midnight to do business with those who are in opposition to him. Then they finally agree, okay, we'll go with you. Here's the application for you. I notice, family, that God can find his children in the midst of their sinful rebellion. When he finds them, he always has a plan to deliver and to rescue them. Even when they themselves don't have sense enough to get out of the sinful condition that they're in. Can I say some more? God has a way of sending help to the child of God while they are in rebellion against his will for their lives. I'm, some of y'all ought to be glad that he'll do that. God sends his children visitors to change their direction and to remind them of his purpose and his plan for their lives. Can I park the car right there? Thank you, Lord, for the email right there. I believe God allowed us to hear the Supreme Court decision so we can remind somebody this is not God's will for your life. Kabuya prayed it right. We quit preaching about it. We quit talking about it. We started doing our own things and getting distracted with the cares and the riches of this world. So God allows for calamity to come to shake the sleeping giant. That she might wake up and get back on point with her sermons. That she might shake herself and quit preaching these flowery, feel-good messages. Who told you it was about you leaving here happy every Sunday? Who told you it was about your best life now? It's about repenting and turning before the wrath of a holy God falls on a nation.
Are you in here with me? God always sends a messenger to warn his children who are living in rebellion and sinful places with him. He wouldn't be just. He didn't warn you before he whooped you. It's kind of like mama. You remember that? I'm going to whoop you. Okay, keep it up. I'm telling you one more. And then I'm going to beat you. All right. Some of us call that a just mama. Amen. As children of God, we, we ought to be concerned as the angels were for those who have gone astray. As children of God, we ought to also be willing to go and see about them, family, and to stay with them like the angels go to stay with Lot. Amen. And they'd be available to minister to him, even if Lot doesn't recognize who they are. I stopped by to tell somebody today that America looks just like Sodom. And there are some lots in this generation that are in need of rescuing. I need somebody to stand with me today and come on, let's go get the lots, y'all. The lots who have gotten comfortable with living in a wicked society. Y'all not feeling me? We need some people that are going on a lot rescue mission. You can't redeem those who don't want God, whose hearts are far from God, who are shaking their fists in the face of a holy God, declaring they don't care what he says. But there are some lots out there who've walked away from God, who start making money off of sinful pleasures. Come on, talk to me. There are some lots out there who became rich on the homosexual agenda. There are some lots out there that got elected to political offices because of their business prosperity. There are some lots out there who've turned their eyes and their hearts away from what they once knew were true so they can just make some money. Tell your neighbor, we got to go get the lots. When we come to this text, we discover that the word has gotten out. Yeah, about Lot. Look at, look at his problem in verses 4 and 9. The text says, now, before they even laid down, y'all see that? The men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, and all the people. Y'all, somebody say all the people. From every quarter surrounded the house, Lord Jesus. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came into you tonight? Bring them out here to meet us that we may know them. Uh, that, that word in the Hebrew is written uh, to mean a sexual kind of knowledge. Y'all in here? We, we want to have sex with them. When you come to this text, we discover again that the word had gotten out quickly about Lot and his new quest. How did the whole city know that he met him at the gate and he got on that quickly into his home? Well, 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 wickedness travels fast. Are you listening here? Sin begets sin. Lord have mercy. And in this verse, the true behavior of the sodomites come out. 
their lust for these men and the desire for homosexual activity is permeated in their actions. Not only that, but it's also uh, insight for us to know why God came to destroy the city. See, the Bible makes it clear that because of their sinful desires, they surrounded the house. And they surrounded the house in an act of lust to violate these angels. The words to get to know them are the words, again, that refer to sexual intimacy. And their demand for Lot is to bring them forward. This indicates that this behavior was for them to rape these men. It was expected that that they should have an opportunity to do this. What do you mean? That's why they came to Lot's house. Bring them out here to us. Could this have been a normal practice in Sodom? That anybody that came to that city had to go through the elders and the elders would then assign people to have their way with them? Could the culture have swung in that direction? This was a wicked place. And family, we too should resonate with this behavior. What do you mean, Pastor? For on last week, as I mentioned earlier, the Supreme Court validated this wickedness. And literally declared that it's to be done across every state. It's to be celebrated. And it's to be valued. It's to be looked at. And nobody has the right to say anything. Can I say some more? A few years ago, the state of California had a vote about the referendum of marriage. The church stood up and said, no, marriage is between one man and one woman for life. And the Supreme Court of State California said, we don't care what y'all say. We're going to give the right to homosexuals. Then it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court of the land now had the same initiative and agenda on their mind. This is what we call wickedness in high places. Opposing the word of God. Can I help you? This ain't about marriage. This is about disobeying God's word. The Supreme Court of our country declares it's constitutionally good for homosexuals to be married. The act of homosexuality, family, is a sin before God and is not designed for marriage. Nor does making it constitutionally right make it morally right. Can I help somebody here today? Don't get caught up in side arguments about is it a constitutional marriage or is it a civil marriage? Marriage is marriage. And it's been defined by the Bible from the creator of heaven and earth. No constitution on earth can change what God has already ordained. Just because it's a legal right, don't make it a moral right. It's legally right to have an abortion. It's morally wrong to kill somebody. It's legal to get high, but it's morally wrong to be inebriated. Come on, talk to me. It's legal for you to lie to your neighbor, but morally it's wrong. 
Come on, talk to me. You got to know what God's word says in a wicked society in a modern day Sodom. God forbids it. And God will punish it. Can I say that again? God forbids it. And God will punish it. On last week, Sister Wilson and I were in San Francisco, as you saw the video, to visit the Billings family. And I noticed that we went into a, a whole food store to pick up some groceries for Sister Billings in her hospital state. And they had this huge calendar on the wall. And the first thing that caught my eye is that it was called Pride Month. And I thought, Pride Month? You know, y'all know I'm a little slow. I don't catch things right away. I kept reading, and I kept reading. I said, oh, they're talking about gay pride. And then at the end of the month, they're celebrating with a national parade in the city. And then the very next day, this ruling came out. And oh, how my heart broke for the city of San Francisco. That they have no idea that they are getting ready to parade and shake their fists in the face of a holy God. Celebrating an abomination before God. To say, we don't care how you made us. This is who we are. And that reminds me of Sodom family. Everybody was involved in coming to Lot's house to take those men. You read your text? The Bible said all the city. That means children, women, young and old were present. Everybody in the culture was okay with raping these men. Everybody understood the culture. They talked the same language. They shared the same ideology. And they were not alarmed that they were doing what was unnatural to do. Yet while they were doing it, they didn't even recognize that the judgment of God had already came down. They were getting ready to try to attack these men who had come to unleash the judgment of God on them. But because their wickedness had blinded them, they had no idea of recognizing that God's wrath was actually already in the house. And when the judgment came down, they knew not that his wrath was among them. Oh, poor San Francisco. Will God not judge a sinful generation? Will God not judge the wicked hearts of men? Will God not judge the acts of immorality on a wicked nation? A nation that kills the unborn baby in the womb must suffer the wrath of God. For he said, thou shall not kill. A nation that tolerates and supports divorce is a nation that will also suffer the wrath of God. For the Bible said that God hates divorce. A nation that practices immorality will also suffer the wrath of God. Come on, talk to me, Christians. 
a nation that celebrates sex outside of marriage and promiscuous is a nation that will suffer the wrath of God. A nation that parades same-sex marriage or homosexual intercourse in the face of a holy God is a nation that God will judge and he will deal with. A friend of mine, Pastor Craig, down in Houston, Texas, forwarded me a book that we read when we were both students at the Conroe School of Theology. It was a book written by Leonard Ravenhill. And I challenge you to get this book. The title of it is Sodom Has No Bibles. And Ravenhill's argument in this book is God destroyed Sodom and Sodom didn't even have the word. He says Sodom had no churches. Sodom didn't have the Holy Spirit. Sodom didn't have preachers and teachers and deacons and missionaries. But God destroyed her. Some, so Sodom didn't have temples. Sodom didn't have Christian schools and Christian colleges, and God destroyed that. Now, if God would destroy Sodom, then he got to destroy America. I challenge you to get that book for your library and to read it. If God would destroy Sodom, who didn't have no Bibles, Lord have mercy what he'll do with the leading country in the nation that proclaims to be Christian. Are y'all listening to me? Woe to the country that thinks God has changed his mind about sin. Woe to the country that believes God's standards have changed. Woe to the country that thinks homosexuality is about love. Woe to the country that believes God will let sin pass. Woe to the country that participates in what God hates. Let me run that back again and make it personal. Woe to the Christian that participate in what God hates. Woe to the Christian that believes God will let you get away with your sin. Woe to the Christian that thinks homosexuality is about love. Woe to the Christian that believes God's standards have changed. Woe unto the Christian that thinks God has changed his mind about your sinful pleasure and desires. Woe! 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 Oh, Pentecostal you preacher used to say, God ain't playing with you. What makes you think this is a game? What makes you think that what's done in the dark won't come to the light? What makes you think there won't be consequences for the thing that put his son on the cross? The Bible says that this wicked city came to the door of Lot, banged on the door. Look at verse 6. Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him. And then he said, please, my brother, do not do so wickedly. Let me unpack that. When we come here to this verse, we see Lot trying to work. Watch this now, Tate as a mediator with unrighteousness and wickedness. 
What do you mean, Pastor? Well, he's been among them so long, Brother Dixon, that now he thinks he can reason with immorality. Y'all ain't listening. Some of y'all cut me off a long time ago. He thinks he can now sit down and chat with sin. He thinks he can make lust behave. He thinks he has the ability to persuade the wicked to change their desires. Lot has lost his mind. And somebody from the 21st century should go back and tell him, you have lost your influence. You gave up the right to be heard when you became a resident. Of Sodom. Somebody should tell him that his witness is shot. Reverend White, somebody ought to go back and tell him it ain't no good. And he can't stand in the gap because he has compromised his integrity. And he's given up his right to be heard. Lost problem was he had become a resident of Sodom and was now obligated to do what the rest of the city demanded. When you blend in and fit in, you ain't got a voice no more. The last problem was he become affiliated with their behavior and now was in no position to stop them from this attack. Because he sat in the gate of judgment and witnessed their wicked acts before, he didn't have a voice now because he was a silent participant in their sins. And that's my warning to the church of America. Don't you dare be silent. Your silence makes you a your silence makes you a silent participant in a sin against God. Because he sat in the gate of judgment and he witnessed their actions, they knew that he didn't have a right to try and be righteous now. They knew that he couldn't stop them from doing what they desired to do. Remember, Lot's problem was that Lot does not know these guests are angels. And he's trying not to protect them, but to protect his financial interests. Y'all in here? So he begins to try to negotiate with the wicked people of Sodom. Can I turn the light on right here? Family, when the wayward child of God dwells in wickedness too long, he or she becomes over-familiar with people of sin. When it comes time to do the right thing in this environment, it's so hard because they are usually overwhelmed with rejection. You... You get so caught up with people liking you. Not wanting to offend them. That you lose yourself. And become a silent participant in them sin. I had somebody come and tell me. But my family members gay. I was kind. I wanted to say your family member going to go to hell. If you don't intercede and help them, you can't get mad at God because they chose to rebel against God. 
You got to decide today, church. Can I say some more? Here, Lot becomes the minority. And he does not agree with the sin that's about to take place. But because he has been among them so long, he has no godly influence to persuade them one way or the other. Maybe there's a lot in the house this morning. You've lost your influence. Maybe you've been silently celebrating. Maybe you went to the party. I don't know. Perhaps you've been in Sodom so long that you think you can reason with the culture. Perhaps you bought into the lies of the secular psychologists and psychiatrists that believe a person is born with a certain sexual tendency. Perhaps you think you got some influence with the gay pride community and they ain't all that bad. Perhaps you think you can sit on the fence, take their money, dance at their party, and then influence them to not do wrong. You just like Lot, and they gonna turn on you too if you try to stop them from perverting the innocent or spreading their poison to those who aren't like them. Can I turn the light on right here? You getting ready to see a whole nother side of this gay pride movement. Listen to me. You can get mad and leave. The door is open. But hear this on the way to your car. They have accused the church of being intolerant. But because now every pulpit in America that's born again, I guarantee you is preaching on this today. The real haters are going to come out. And watch all of a sudden the church become the enemy that's trying to stop somebody from doing what they feel like they're supposed to do. They're getting ready, really ready now to come after the Christian. Your problem is you got to decide what kind of Christian you going to be. You got to decide whose side you on. You got to decide, am I for God or am I against God? I ain't telling you to hate nobody. You got to love everybody. And you got to lovingly stand and proclaim what the Bible says. Are you in here now? I don't care what legislation says. You can legally pass anything you want to. But that don't make it morally right. When the law is wrong, I'm on the Lord's side. Can I just help somebody? I stopped by to tell you today. You can't reason with the wicked. You can't partner with the ungodly. You can't support their agenda and support God's agenda too. All money ain't good money. All power ain't good power. All promotion ain't good promotion. You got to have some courage to follow Christ. You got to have a backbone to be a believer. Can't be a sissy and be a saint. You can't say I'm a follower of God and a supporter of gay rights. They won't have you and the church won't have you either. 
They ain't going to tolerate you. Just like they didn't tolerate Lot. You can't live among them like Lot and then try to deny them their physical lusts and sexual desire. Remember, that's what this comes down to. You're standing in the way of a sexual desire. This ain't about marriage. This is about the right to have sex with the same gender as you. They want to make it a marital issue, no. They want to make it a civil right issue, no. This is about a sexual preference. And if you stand in the way of this sexual preference, the same behavior you saw in Sodom, watch. It'll be manifested in our country. So I turn the light on. These men thought their sinful desires were perfectly okay. Just like the Supreme Court. And these men thought there was nothing wrong with their desires. Just like President Obama. That's right, I said it. They had become so corrupt that they were willing to hurt Lot physically just to have a chance to rape another man. Homosexuality is a perversion that can and will destroy, watch this now, the thinking of a human being. A person becomes literally led by the perversive thought of having sex with the same gender. And that thing drives their every waking will and mind or mentality for where they're living. The act of sex becomes perverted, twisted, wicked. This wasn't in my notes. But the greatest deception even among that movement is that Satan wants you to believe that they have a monogamous mentality. Y'all know what monogamy is, right? Okay. It's impossible to be monogamous because the perversion drives you for more of the same kind in a more demented way. Check the divorce rates. If you could do divorce among those so-called married, I bet you the homosexuals are higher than the Christians. Why? Because perversion won't let you be satisfied. Monogamous can only be satisfied when those who are married in God. One made one wife for life. This sex is a perversion. And this perversion will kill. Acts AIDS. This perversion will cause physical and emotional harm. Ask AIDS. Have you noticed there ain't no cure? You know why there ain't no cure? Perversion is out of control. The calamity, the sin that comes with that has already been given and issued. God has spoken. When you come to verse 8, you see Lot trying to intercede with this culture. And I might have to cut this off and come back to it. But verse 8 says, Lot says, see now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Somebody say, these are virgins. Then he says, please let me bring them out to you so you can do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men since this is the reason why they've come under the shadow of my roof. 
Verse 9. And they said, stand back, Lot. Then they said, this is the one who came to stay here, and he keeps asking as a judge now, we'll deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man, Lot, and they came near to break down the door. When we gather here in this verse, we see the highest form of their wickedness. Their lust has driven them, Buckle, into a frenzy. And they've got to have these men for themselves. See, their evil desires is to do harm and to sexually assault the innocent. And as a result, this, love, this lust has reached a crescendo. Now, notice this. Lot has become such a wicked business person and a carnal believer in Yahweh that he has arranged a deal. Y'all see that? To have his daughters violated. Instead of these men. All right, let me say it another way. Lot is so carnal, he would allow the sodomites to hurt his own flesh and blood to keep his business deal alive. Don't tell me money won't make you misbehave. Remember, remember, he doesn't even know that these are angels. He thinks these are just men that have come to do business, but his mind is on his money. And his mind is on his prophet. His mind is on himself. And as a result, he'll offer up his family to protect his financial interests. Don't make me run this rabbit. Okay, I'm glad you did. Living in a place like Sodom and participating in the Sodomite ways will affect the way you think about your family. It will affect the way you value your relationship with your children. You will look the other way while your babies get assaulted by a culture of wickedness just so you can keep your job. It will affect the way, husbands, you lead, you guide, and you protect as a man. The sodomite mindset has slipped into Lot and he has forgotten how he was raised. He has forgotten the way he was taught. He's forgotten the values that he once embodied. And now he's just trying to make a bargain. His babies will get over it. Are y'all listening to me? He's trying to barter his way to make the next deal. He's compromising with sin so he can get ahead in life. He has lost his way and unable to see just how far he has fallen. Is there anybody here ever been to Sodom? Anybody here ever lost your way? Anybody here remember what it was like when you backslid from the Lord? Anybody here know the dark feeling of trying to compromise with sin? And you can't make the deal. Lot can identify with you. He stayed in Sodom too long. He has compromised his convictions and now his family is in danger. Somebody looking at me today, maybe you ain't all the way in Sodom, but maybe your girlfriend is from there. Maybe your boyfriend is from there. You know they ain't down with a sermon like this. You got to decide. Who you going to marry? You got to decide what the mentality is going to be. You got to decide now what the Christian values are you going to embody as followers yes, of Jesus Christ. Well, 
I got to leave you now. I thank you for your time. I think I'm going to take some liberty and preach it all today. I've talked about his position. I've talked about his problem. But let me talk about his protection. But the men reached out of their hands and pulled Lot into the house and shut the door. They struck the men who were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. When we come to this portion of the text, Brother Jamel, we see God intervene, watch this now, in the life of the backslider. He's about to get assaulted by sin that he has embraced. But God intervenes in the nick of time. Lot was about to give up his daughter's head, but God divinely intervened to save the innocent babies. Here we see the picture of the mercy of God in spite of Lot's foolishness. Come on, help me, somebody. Here we see the mercy of God in spite of his backslidden behavior. Here we see the mercy of God intervening and saving him from those who would come to destroy him. The angels of God are sent to deliver him and to pull him from harm's way. They do two things. Somebody say, what are they, pastor? They rescue and they protect. This is a picture of the ministry of angels in a fallen and wicked world. But notice, angels don't minister to the wicked. They only minister to those who belong to Yahweh. And they'll come to minister to them even in their foolishness. Y'all in here now? And in their ministry, they've been given the power to blind them. Yes. They've been blinded so they can't get to God's people. Are you listening here? Apostle Paul talks about that Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe so that they cannot come into the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what we're dealing with today, New Beginnings, in the Supreme Court is a blind generation. Somebody who does not know the ways of God. Somebody who can't discern the things of God. They've been smitten with blindness. Why? That we might get out there and save the lots. The lots who have lost their way and become a mainstay in the Sodom community. That's how wicked they were. Look at this. The Bible says that they went about their way searching for the door even in their blindness. Can I say some more before I move on? Even their blindness didn't stop them from wanting to assault the believer. Their blindness wasn't enough to try to stop them from hurting God's man. God's man who was living in rebellion against what he knew was right. Even in their blindness, they kept coming. But God had a way. To protect Lot even in his disobedience. Well I got to leave you now. If you want the rest you'll have to go to our Facebook page and get the notes. But I'm glad today that the angels pulled him to salvation. I'm glad today they didn't reason with Lot. And ask him if he felt like being saved. I'm glad today. They didn't give Lot the time to make up his own mind when it came to, watch this now, household salvation. I'm glad today 
that they pulled Lot. Y'all catch that right there? They snatched him from the face of danger. Parenthetically, Jude says the same thing. That we ought to snatch some. Pulling them from the fire. Hating even the garments that's been spotted by the flesh. What makes you think that salvation is sometimes always nice and perfect? No, some people got to be pulled from their wickedness. Can I call roll today? Somebody on your pool got pulled from some wickedness. Who am I talking to today? You knew where you were doing what you was doing when God pulled you out of the dope house. You know where you were when you were in the penitentiary and God pulled you into salvation. You know where you were doing what you were doing when God pulled you from a reprobate mind. Come on, talk to me. Guess what? God pulls everybody who wants to get saved. You do know that nobody finds salvation. You don't just come to Jesus without the Holy Spirit pulling you to come out of the darkness into the marvelous light. Well, I got to leave you now, but I'm glad today he pulled me out of Sodom. I'm glad today that he pulled my sins from off of me and put them on his only begotten son. I'm glad today he pulled my penalty from death, hell, and the grave and put it on his only begotten son. I'm glad today he pulled my sentence of eternal separation from me and gave it to the only one who could handle it, the only begotten son of the father. I'm glad that when he put them on Jesus, Jesus willingly took it and he carried them down the old hill called Golgotha. And out on the cross of Calvary, the Lamb of God pulled the sin of humanity, wrapped himself in the sin of wicked man, died as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And out on the cross, they put nails in his hands, a crown of thorns on his head, and a spear in his side. And out on the cross, he died for the sin of the world. He died that I might have eternal life. He died to take my iniquity away. He died that I might have a brand new life. The Bible says, oh Lord, he descended down into the grave. And down in the grave, he took the sting out of death and the victory over the dead. I heard he took the keys of hell, death and the grave, fastened them in his girdle. And early, bright early, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power. I said all power. All power, all power of heaven and earth in his hands. He rose, didn't he rise? He rose, didn't he rise? And I'm glad he rose, went back to be at the right hand of the Father. 
sent down his spirit. And guess what, y'all? The spirit of God took up what Jesus left off. And he's been pulling man ever since that time. I heard, I heard Jesus said, no man can come to me except my father pull him. <laughs> and guess what he's doing right now in America? Pulling lost people from every corner of the world. In Asia, he's pulling. In Canada, he's pulling. In Africa, he's pulling. In Russia, he's pulling. In Fresno, he's pulling. So don't get discouraged. Don't you weep. God ain't sleep at the will. God ain't sleep on humanity. He's saving lost souls. And I'm glad today. Is there anybody here? Glad we got a saving father. Anybody here? Glad we got a saving son. Anybody here? Glad we got a saving spirit. Won't he save you? Won't he keep you? Won't he grab you? In the midnight hour. I'm closing now. But I'm so glad he saved Lot. Because Lot was losing his way. So glad today he saved Lot in the midst of that confusion because Lot is like us. Every now and then we lose our way. Go back to Sodom. Start hanging out. Going to clubs. Being with the wrong crowd. Embodying the Sodomite mindset. But God stopped by 5089 to tell us don't you go back to Sodom. Preach my word until heaven get the news. Preach my word until the earth rocks and riddles. Preach my word until my son comes back. Preach my word until they come running asking what must I do to be saved. I'm closing now but are there any preachers here? Anybody say I'm going to tell somebody about the good news how many witnesses are here that'll say I'm gonna shout everywhere I go I'm gonna shout everywhere I go I got to close God bless you new beginnings thank you for being present but I got one song I just got to get off my chest because this song tells the story of the activity of the church can I sing it for you? Can I sing it one time? Shake somebody's hand. Tell them he about to sing his song. He about to sing his song. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let it, oh, yeah. 
gave it to me. 